1: Hey everybody, David here, and welcome to the ASOG Podcast. If you're considering building your own shop, then this is a must-listen episode. Lucas and I were joined by Dan Topol and ACA's female shop owner of the year, Tara Topol, of Topol's Towing and Repair in Lake Mills, Wisconsin. Recorded live at Apex 2021, both Lucas and the Topol's recount the struggle and challenges in navigating the complexities of putting up their own buildings. Before we get into it, make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast on YouTube, and if you're listening to this on your favorite podcast listening app, make sure you have it set to automatically download the latest episode. And now, here we go.
0: David, what do you want to talk about, buddy? I'm tired.
1: Are you guys tired? Yeah.
2: He's really tired.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm beat. <laughs> I am absolutely beat. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> it was fun. You,
1: how'd you get shopwear shirts?
2: I don't know. Um, Well, I'm on, the, I'm on the advisory council. But if you ask, they'll give them to you.
0: Yeah. yeah. I've got shopwear shirts. Maybe they don't have them in 4XL.
2: <laughs> it is a special order because we have a guy that's 3XL, so I oh. have to do lots of extra. I
1: have to bag and... Bag,
2: borrow, and yeah.
1: Yeah. Yes. All I'm saying is I didn't get a shirt. That's all I'm saying. I'm not salty. It's okay. You're always salty. like You were born salty, man.
2: Roxanne is your girl. You got yeah, to talk really to Roxanne. Is. She'll get them for you.
0: She really is. She's yeah, awesome.
2: They got some cool hats, too.
0: I saw her just a minute ago. Did you? Yeah, I yeah. did. She's yeah. an awesome chick. She is awesome. She really is. All right, David. What you got, buddy? What you want to talk about?
1: Keep asking that. Well, I, I do anything. Know. I never have anything. You just won a Woman Shop Owner of the Year. I did. What does that mean?
2: That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what does it mean? Well, it's part of the Auto Care Council, right? And then it's a division is women in auto care. And so what do you want to know? I don't know. What does it mean? Um,
1: uh, how do they select there's, you? Um, there's a,
2: uh, People can make nominations. Okay. So somebody nominated me. I was nominated last year also and didn't win, which is totally fine. It's always been a goal of mine to get female shop owner of the year, right. but I didn't think I'd get it this soon. So it's very humbling. Um, so you get nominated, and then there's a committee, and they go through all of the nominations, and then they narrow it down to two, right. and then you sit through and do um, interviews. So I had to go online and fill a bunch of information out, and then they call, and we did a Zoom, and right. they asked all kinds of questions. Wow, oh, that's, that's
1: like, it's a lot of steps. It's pretty intense. Yeah, that is intense. It did is. you have to go through all that when you won your uh, Ratchet and wrench thing? or you were runner-up. You lost, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, I don't well, like talking to the thanks losers. Thanks for bringing
0: it up, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, no, it's okay. It's okay. Here's the thing is you've got to remember, like, you know why you never see David winning anything? It's because he specifically tells them, I don't want that. Oh. I re- I have to do things. No, I'm not doing that. Right.
1: Don't no, you? No, nobody would nominate me. You kidding me?
0: I mean, after all, you named your business done with auto repair.
1: Done with it. I did. Did you? Just done. Done. Just done. Yeah. He'll sell it for half a honey bun. You need a shop in Kansas City? You guys should buy a shop in Kansas City. I'm looking at you. You look interested.
0: <laughs> Daniel looks he's like thinking he's about just it? ready to go to bed. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you'd think you'd be used to us being the tow truck driver.
3: Yeah, but this is no. different. This is yeah, different. I don't drink and be tired. I'm just tired. tired. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and I happen to be a professional at it. So
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I would say we should go get Anthony mercury and ask him his his professional drinker story <laughs> but the poor dude is so tired of hearing me
1: i know he, he has to tell it every single time we see it and he sees <laughs> lucas he's got to tell the story all over again and he like this last time he rolled his eyes he's like i don't have to tell the story again okay i'm gonna go ahead and tell the story again and we learned the story all over again <laughs>
0: yeah poor guy poor guy so you guys are uh are building a shop and and me and you connected the other day because I read an article that was written about you about the shop and about what you went through. Yes. Tell us a little bit about it. Tell us about the story and, and the process.
1: For those of um, us who don't read.
2: They don't read. Right. It was a pretty lengthy article.
0: Listen, this dude sent them a letter and all it said was
1: TLDR, okay? <laughs> 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 I was waiting for the, uh, the audio version. <laughs> Somebody to just read it to me, a nice, smoothing No, no, not. I need a nice, soothing voice. Oh. Uh, lots of little clicks and stuff like that. And just, they can read it to me and I'll listen to it.
2: Sure. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we uh, started about two years ago working with our general contractor. getting everything together. We were hoping to keep our original buildings to keep the pay homage to Dan's dad that started it back in 1948 cliff. And, uh, so we went through the process. Yeah. We're hoping to keep the old one. Um, the new shop was going to be too much of a snow load on the old building. So we said, that's fine. But then we want it to look the same as what it did in 1948. So the architect, uh, drew it up for us. So it turned out great. Um, the banking process seemed fine it almost seemed easier than i thought it was going to be this is yep. before covid or just right before and uh, so we knew we were doing it unfortunately his dad actually got really sick and ended up um, passing away he was 96 years old though oh, wow. wow amazing life he worked until he was 94 Wow, that's awesome and yeah
1: lucas and i have been telling you about parts tech for a while now
0: Click the link in the show notes to get started.
2: And so, um, yeah, he passed away January, just before everything kind of went crazy with COVID. And then we started on the process and everything of um, designing it and the whole banking thing. We had uh, three different banks we were working with and two approvals. So it's fine. And then last fall, uh, we demoed the building, uh, the old building. We were in a temporary location, which has been a godsend. And, um, Dan actually went on a bucket list hunting trip out to Colorado for elk. And I got a call. So he left on Wednesday. I got a call on Friday that said, um, the appraisal's super low, which we knew, but the appraiser's not changing it. Oh, man. And he had very wrong, um, like wrong materials that he used, wrong. I mean, the comps that he used were like little podunk shops up north. And, um... It, it just, there was so, so many things wrong. He, they wrote a rebuttal. It didn't work. And they, um, yeah. So he said, uh, we can get another appraisal, but it would have to be so crazy high and they're they going to take the middle of it. Oh man. So we lost our financing. Oh no. And the old building was down. I found out on Friday he would, he didn't get home until a week later. <laughs> so I just held on cause there's no no, I was telling him that when he was out there and, uh, yeah. So then we, our quest started for getting reapproval, but then it was during COVID. Right. And we had people were like, you know, somebody said, Oh, you know, we can have an appraisal done for you in two weeks. And because the other bank that we had approved us said it was going to be another month. And we're like, Another month? We don't have another month. Like, we yeah. got to go, you know? And then it took oh, a year, it took a whole year. Mm hmm. Well, and, and, you
0: know, I kind of connect with that. And the the reason I said something is because we're going through something very, very similar. And, and so much of this story, the reason I relate to it is because you don't know what you don't know. You don't know about this process until you get right in the middle of it. And just like tearing down the other building, you're probably sitting there thinking to yourself, well, I need to do this. I need to get moving. We need to get it down so we can go. And then what happens? Things change dramatically overnight. All of a sudden something Mm -hmm. changes. and, and. You know, I, I look how, at how did you
1: guys generate revenue?
2: We're in a temporary location. Okay. So we moved our hoists over and um, actually just added another hoist. Uh, it's more efficient space than what we had, so it's not bad. Uh, we're already able to grow and. How um, far
1: was it from the original building?
2: Maybe a mile and a half.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it uh, was the idea. You already own the land. That you were on, and so did you just lease the uh, different locations? So you can move everything over while they, they built the new building. Right, we're just that's renting. pretty smart. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, very fortunate. One of our clients actually had it. He was an electrician, and so it's got a really nice, uh, huge office and really works out well. It's just one door, but the way that the shop is laid out, it works yeah. out really well. So.
0: so, long story short, now you, you finally work your way through all this, and obviously that's got to be super stressful for both of you. I mean, right. like that's intense. What what did what did you take from that? Like, did she just take it all and run with it, and you're just kind of back? You know,
3: uh, initially, yeah. I mean, it seemed like it, the process moved very fast, right? Like, but the like, they sat us down to like, hey, tell us about your dream shop, right? Because initially, I'm like, you know what? We just want to do an addition. That's all. Like, we just need a little more space to make some more money, right? You know, what's we're stuck in this little shop built in 1948, right? You know, let's get add on, you know, and, and it went from a you know, quarter of a million or not quarter, three quarters of a million to a million dollar shop. And then all of a sudden it grew to a one point six million dollar shop. And then right. all of a sudden it turned into a two point six million you know, it's just like yeah,
0: just steamrolls out of the way.
3: It just yeah, it just avalanched down, you know, into this gigantic it's a beautiful facility. Right. Um but it's it doesn't even seem real. Yeah. When you start talking about money of that magnitude. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we're a small business. We're not a car dealer you know we're not right we're not big so right i am a chew on it kind of guy i like when i make it just you know it takes me half an hour to figure out which soda i want get, you know <laughs> what I mean? so so to start spending all this kind of money and just trying to figure all this out in such a short amount of time right it was tough on me yeah and then i add, believe it and then i added just the uncertainty of COVID 19 right you know
2: it just, he really was saying the whole time like tara we don't like we do not have a check Like we should not be doing this yet. And I was like, Oh no, it'll be fine. You know, we have a backup finance and no, it'll be fine. And his intuition was correct, which it it happens way more. than.
0: (laughs) Oh yeah. Well, I mean, it it just about happened to us. So long story short, what happened in, in mine was, is that first of all, I just needed enough for the floor, right? I had other money put back to build the building. I didn't need, a lot of money. I need $250,000. Mm-hmm. And so long story short, I went to the bank and I said, Hey, I want a business loan. I don't want a construction loan. I want a business loan. You already have first on the property because it was my dad's property. You have first on the property. It's value $660,000 mm-hmm. just by itself. The way it sits at six acres, $100,000 an acre where it's at, you got plenty of equity, right? Just you know, hold that as collateral. We'll do $250,000 Here's the P&L. We've got plenty of, of cash flow to do this. I need a little bit of equipment. I want to put new equipment in. Here's how much I need for the equipment. And they said, okay. Two months later, they come back and they say, hey, tell you what, we can go ahead and we can roll that other loan into it. You can pay that. That'll be part of the purchase of the property from your father. We'll just put it all in one. Cool. Whatever. They never said anything about the fact that when they did that, they changed it to a construction loan and so all overnight, everything changed, and then they, they got the approvals. They gave us part of the money for the equipment, so I said, okay, cool. We'll go ahead and pay for the equipment now, and then we'll we'll just have that because it's hard to get equipment right now. It's really hard to do that, and then the next part of the process just drove on, and David sat there and listened to me like just ring this dude. It got to the, because he would tell me something, and then it would completely change, right. and I finally said, look, you're the effing professional. It's your job to lead me and guide me because I don't know these things. Right. And really what it boiled down to was is they came back and they said, you need flood insurance. I'm like, okay, cool. It's out of the flood zone. We're going to get a what's called a LOMAR-F that says that it's been filled. It's out of the flood zone. It's nothing you have to worry about. But I understand because the law says I have to have it right now until we get that. Cool. I can deal with that. So I go and I start the process of that, but it's going to take time. I said, tell you what. Let's just go ahead and buy flood insurance and have it over and done with. So supposed to close on one week, and then it turns into the next week, and it turns into the next week, and it turns into the next week. The attorney's calling saying, I think your banker's an idiot. I don't think they know what they're doing. And they're they're sending us paperwork that we've never seen before. They're Mm -hmm. asking us how to do it. Mm -hmm. And my confidence is (laughs) going like in the dumps, man. Like, what is going on here? Long story short, this this just continues. and it, It's like steamrolling at this point. And the the uh, insurance lady calls and she said, Lucas, she said, I have told them over and over again that the, the federal uh, flood insurance laws are going to change on October 1st. If you do not have this done, we're going to have a real problem. And I said, okay, well, we were supposed to close this week anyway. Let's see if we can push it. And he says, yeah, yeah, it won't be a problem. We'll get it closed. And he's in communication. He he doesn't know what address to put on it. Saying the flood insurance people don't need an address. It literally says on there if it has the PIN for the property because it insures the entire property. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if that's the tax ID for that property or the the partial ID. That's all they need. So, okay, cool. All right, get that through. And it just, it's like they're asking all these questions. And I'm starting to wonder, like, wait a minute. You should have asked these questions months ago. Why are you asking now? Right. Then he comes up and he says, "Are you sure you're going to have enough money?" Because we don't know that we feel comfortable doing this with with only getting two hundred fifty thousand, we'd be more comfortable doing a million or two million. And I'm like, "I'm I'm sitting here saying I'm going to do something that I can pay back in six months or a year, right?" And all of a sudden, you're saying that you're not willing to. Something just isn't adding
2: up, right?
0: So he communicates all the way up to the day that the insurance deadline is going to be, and then he stops communicating that day. Won't communicate. Won't call back, won't do anything, won't text, won't email. Can't get a hold of him because guess what? They don't have it together and they don't know how to do it. So guess what Lucas does? Lucas buys $10,000 of non-refundable flood insurance. Yeah, and it was $2,500 in refundable. And that was the only way I was going to get the loan. All right, whatever. Two days later, he says, oh, man, I don't know if this is going to work. And like, if this wasn't going to work, you damn well should have told me then. Right. And the whole time, I'm burning capital because I'm expecting this loan to go through. We're going to get this money. He's
1: cash flowing equipment. And like, he's going out, I'm going to rent this thing for a week and it's going to cost $7,000. And I'm going to start grading this and I'm moving dirt. I'm buying the
0: retaining wall block. He's um, thinking
1: the cash is going to come in. And he's like, well, okay, I'll just out of pocket, out of pocket, out of pocket. Tens of thousands of dollars. We did too. Yeah, thank yeah.
2: God for that idle loan,
1: and and that's what saved me. Yeah, that's exactly, I saw
2: that somebody yeah. commented, and I thought, ah, oh, he did the same that, thing we did.
0: That's what saved me, and that's what kept me going because then I'm asking him, I'm saying, he he pops up, and all of a sudden, like two days before closing, he drops that it's a he changed it to a construction loan. Nothing, nowhere, nowhere did he say anything about that. Right, I've never seen terms on this. The attorney calls, it's doing the closing, and says. Um, I just think you should know this is the most aggressive securities package I've ever seen. They basically want you to sign your life away. They want your life insurance. They want your wife's life insurance. They want your dad's life insurance. They want... And I'm like, hold up. Like, there's got to be a reason they're being like this. You know, why are they so... It turns out they've never done any building loans. They've only done equipment loans. The bank had just been bought out. All of this BS, you know. And so then it comes down to a draw, and he's like, we can't. So we, we close on the loan, right? And he's like, well, we can't actually give you any draws. No, they, but, they couldn't give you a oh, draw on anything you'd already, already spent money for- on. Yeah. yeah. You did the
2: exact same thing.
0: Because he said, because I asked. They want to see new receipts. Right. Yes. Yeah.
2: I asked. They have to pay it, they said.
0: Right. I asked, and I said... Now, am I going to be able to be reimbursed for this, 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 and this? Because you just asked me to spend sixty thousand dollars to do what I need to do to get the loan. You made me pay for the appraisal up front, right? And I mean, the appraisal, just like you guys,
2: soft cost. It
0: yeah. was a nightmare to get through our appraisal, right? The 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 architect gives them or the engineer gives them the price and says, "Here's what it's going to cost to build this building." Yeah. And they come back and there's like, "There's no way that's right." Okay, we need a list of everything you're going to do to build this building. That's your job, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's what you do. <laughs> right. Why am I paying for it? Why am I? If I'm going to sit down and make an Excel spreadsheet with everything we're going to do, yeah. why don't you just freaking give me the money and I'll just do it?
2: Right. Right? Yeah.
0: I mean, it, it's it been one thing right after another. Seriously.
2: The, when the, I think the third appraisal that ended up getting done, I actually gave him, I told him what comps he needed to use. I was like, I'm not leaving it in anybody's hands to try to decide anything. I'm like, what we are building is comparable to this yeah. you know dealership over here and that's what you need to compare it to yeah. so yeah i mean sure you look back yeah. and and all those things you needed to learn and for us there is we like not anywhere near enough accountability on our side like i'm like oh yeah. this is just how it works like if i was exactly. going to go through it again they'd be getting a phone call every day i'd be like when is that going to be done by yeah. there would be major accountability on their part to yes. know that it was getting taken care of the way it's supposed to, because there are so many similar things that we had to go through.
1: Exactly, a lot of his story, though, in my opinion, was the the bank changing hands, and then the underwriters, which is who his banker, the person that he had he had contact with. Didn't know who the underwriter was. The underwriter had no relationship with Lucas. They were comfortable. Yeah. And (laughs) so they're like, no, no, we want this and we want this. And so he was, he turned into a middleman and he's going back and asking him for more, going back and asking him for more. He's getting reamed by him and by the underwriters and the underwriters are like, look, you want the cash? This is what we need. Yeah. The underwriters weren't uh, well versed in this type of setup and it, and what he wanted made sense. Like. You know, from a logical standpoint yeah the the but that's not what the underwriters are like, well, we don't have that kind of loan package, right. so for us to to do this, we need to put together a loan package that's within our portfolio, otherwise we're not touching it, and to do that, we need all of this other garbage, so do you think like because this sounds like a nightmare, I don't think I'll ever even attempt to do anything like that. I'll just find some dilapidated building, slide in there and call it good. <laughs> Not that that doesn't turn into a nightmare on its own. It does. <laughs> so the lesson, kids, is don't open a shop. Anyway, so... <laughs> <laughs> um, so is it is it start with a bank that you know in full confidence they have either a, a package that you know fits what you're wanting to do or they can at least show you while you're shopping for a banker that yeah look we did this loan got that building built this is what we used to get there it almost seems like you have to go to 15 different banks and ask them a thousand different questions and go I want to make sure that I'm not going to get hosed here halfway through this process a year later
2: I just don't think there's any loyalty in banking. I just think I just, oh, no. bankers. And like you said, you're right. The underwriters could have switched. And then so from what they started, we ended up uh, meeting up with a guy that goes to our church and is in my rotary group right towards the end. Like I, I too was done. Um, had we not, we had already bought our, we had to pull the trigger on the building itself because otherwise we would have had to wait two years to get the steel in order to get our yep. building. Same so book. we did that back in January and had, had we not done that, I would have said just stop. Like I'll stay here temporarily for a while or buy this building if I have to. But um yeah, so he came in and he said he he said too. He's like, "Tara, there something changed there." Yeah. And this is not how it's supposed to go. Yeah. So I was very ready also just to stop because if his bank would have approved us, I would have way rather because There was a relationship then, but there was no relationship on the other side. And we had a huge nightmare too with, I mean, once they finally got to the point that they had gave us, okay, we have approval. Now here are all the things. And I went through all the things and I was literally like uploading them saying like, here's, boy, if this bank ever listens, this isn't good. I hope they don't. Oh, I'm going to afford it to all the banks.
1: I'm going to afford it to my (laughs) bank for
3: sure. right? (laughs) But it was just like, I had
2: filled out, I had literally, you know, it's like um, five, a... One or whatever it might be, right? That I had to, so I would I saved it, uploaded it. Five A one, life insurance, whatever it was that they were asking for, right? So I went through, and the whole time I'm working with my packager, and I'm saying, okay, so here are the things that I don't have yet, and here are the questions that I have, and then I wouldn't hear anything back. Yeah. So radio I, silence. So here's the information, and here's still the question, and again, here are my questions. Nothing back. And I was on my way. My daughter and I were driving out to Maine. She was moving out there. And I got an email that said, like, sorry, we know you probably answered some of these things already, but here we have these questions. So I answered the questions, but attached to it was all of the questions that I had already answered for that were in their drive. Yeah. And and now I can't even communicate with my packager because she's out for another week and a half. And I have this totally different person that I don't even have contact information for. My banker wasn't yeah. there. And I was just like, what in the world? Clearly, I was like, clearly, they're not asking for all of those things again. I gave them access to their own drive yeah, with the information in it. I said, all the answers are right there. Right. And I, I just couldn't believe it. So I had to go through and answer everything all over again. And you're right. And they had said, like, we were supposedly we were supposed to close within days of that. Yeah. They
0: were ready to close. They they, they hadn't even started the process. No. Right. And see, that's what, you know, I, I look back at this and I can't help but say, like, I, it it was a very positive lesson for me. Because, you know, we, we had a couple things happen over the span of, of the last year. Shannon, who is our service advisor's dad, got really sick, got put in the hospital. Mm. And so we're talking to Shannon. I'm talking about what they're going through. And he said, I've never felt so helpless because the doctors won't give us information. And he said, it's not that, hey, we don't know. It's that, yeah, the doctor will be in soon. And the doctor never comes. And this will happen. But that never happens, right? And so same thing with this. I need information. My livelihood is on the line. I'm begging for it. Right, And and I got an email today that that he's emailed and he wants more insurance information because they can't give us any more money until they know that the building's insured and there is no building to insure. And they want to insure contents because they gave us a loan for equipment. The equipment is not even bought yet. The check is not even cashed yet. Mm -hmm. But they want insurance on it. Mm -hmm. So long story short, I think looking back at this from a different perspective, It really spoke to me saying, as a professional, I have to communicate, I have to provide information, I have to guide, I have to educate. Mm -hmm. That's my job as a professional. Mm -hmm. And I think it is so sad that these supposed professionals that charge way more than what we do in our field Mm -hmm. aren't being professionals. They're not doing a job. Right. right? I mean, as far as I'm concerned, that's the extent of it. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, I just cannot believe that they would not communicate better, that they wouldn't help you through the process, you know?
2: I think it really turned around for us, too, when we got a hold of the like one of the senior advisors at the bank, and I just started CCing him on everything. Yeah. So I don't think a lot of them know. I think yeah. the communication breakdown is terrible, and I'm sure COVID gave them all kinds of things to have to you know, deal with it they never did before. Yeah. And it's uncharted territory for everybody. But you're right. We had to figure it out in our businesses, right? Like yeah. you had to find a way and make it work. Yep. And it just doesn't I just don't think they have to
1: do that as much. So though. you don't have to name the bank, but was it a like a large national chain or was it a small community bank?
2: Somewhere in between.
1: Really? Mm-hmm. Regional. Yeah. It isn't, Same with right.
2: Me. So it wasn't our local bank and it wasn't like a, you know, really Big, everybody knows it banky there. Right. A little more regional.
0: Yeah. You know. yeah. I was in the exact same spot. And, and you know, I was eating lunch at a local restaurant as all this is going down. And a lady and her husband are sitting next to me. And I can tell they're frustrated. I'm frustrated. You know, all this is happening at this exact time. And, and uh, they said, well, we're up here looking for rock to put on the side of our new house. And it's just been one thing after another. And I said, I'm, I'm right there with you. And she said, well, sweetie, I'm actually a loan officer at a bank, I'm a commercial loan officer. And she said, I'm gonna give you a piece of advice. And I said, What's that? She said, I work for a big bank. She said, There's something very important before you work with a loan officer that you need to know. And I said, What's that? She said, Look at their mortgage officer number. And she said, It will tell you their ID number. She said, If it is a low number, I think that's what she said, if it's a low number, they are
1: brand new. Yeah. I was gonna I was gonna say that. It, like Staffing is staffing. It's like you know, hey, you're now a loan officer. You pass the test. Go start doing loans. have no idea what they're doing. And it, you know, it does come down to interviewing. My my wife works for the Federal Reserve, and she 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 talks about the all of the work that they put in to try to make sure that especially smaller community banks are loaning out money to businesses locally owned businesses to keep them to keep the economy moving it's like we need to keep pumping money out and i don't know i hope she listens to this and and listens to how incompetent some of these banks are that they make it so difficult
0: well i mean think about how hard it is to do business anyway and and if we weren't performing at the level we were performing at it could have tanked us right like if the shop wasn't performing we would have been in deep shit. Right. I mean, it would have been bad because we couldn't have sustained what was going on. Mm-hmm. And and the thing was, is like, I put my faith in this guy. And I'm like, hey, are you sure you can give me draws? Are you sure this is going to close? Are you sure? Th- yeah, 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 yeah. So I spent my money. Right? Yeah. I mean, if I didn't have some reserve, if I didn't have income coming in, boys, that would have tanked us. Yep. You know, just like that. We wouldn't have been eating. We'd have been doing something different. You
1: know? So yeah. so don't open <laughs> the shop. Don't trust bankers. <laughs> <laughs> what, what else can we learn here?
2: Don't stay out too late.
0: What are you talking about? Y'all, y- y- y'all turned in at like 9 o'clock last night, right? What? Uh, not according to my watch. <laughs> <laughs> Dan's over here like... You know, These going going back to your tire. question
3: about pre qualifying a bank before you go with them, we uh, we did work with another bank that we couldn't quite come to terms with the loan terms, but they had a, di- a d- specific division in their bank for auto repair shops and car dealerships. Really? Yes. And honestly, I I kind of wish we would have went with that bank. Yeah. The the loan wasn't as favorable financially. Right. It didn't look as good.
1: But see that that speaks but, to their incompetence. It's like why didn't they sell their services and go, we do these loans all day. Like, this is what we do. You're going with Podunk Bank B. Did you ask them how many of these loans they do? And, yeah. you know, that was on them. Like, what are they doing? Yeah, the you know, bank- like, you you don't know. Like, yeah. you're like, you're just looking at numbers on a sheet going, ah, they have better terms over there. Well, they don't know what they're doing. And they didn't sell you on that.
3: Yeah, I guess. I mean, it was really... Like, bank was called the bank we are with now, Bank One. And Bank Two wasn't as good, but um, very communicative. C- communicative. Uh, Tar was answering questions with them for quite a while, mm-hmm. like every other day. Mm-hmm. And what Bank One was, we never talked to them for what, two months? They came
2: out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. We approval. gave them
3: all our information and didn't hear anything. Was thinking, okay, well, nothing's happening with that bank. Right. The bank number two was literally going to fly. I won't say what can I say, what state? Gonna, well, whatever. It. Yeah. We're going to fly from South Carolina up to Wisconsin just to look at our empty lot. Yeah.
2: And to meet with us. And, and because it's more us. of, of they, a relationship, they
3: wanted to meet us. They're going to fly three guys across the country to come meet us. Yeah. Right. And that actually spoke volumes to me. And then Definitely. all of a sudden out of the blue, the next day, this other bank one calls up and goes, yeah, we're good to go. Right. Yeah. We're like, wow, really? Like, and then it just kind of like, well, we have an approval in this other bank. The terms aren't as good. And they're going to have to start brand new right now. Yeah. But turns out all the questions we answered to bank two the whole time, they had all that information. The other bank that just said, okay, we'll take you on. They didn't have any information. So then we spent six months answering the same questions we probably already had given to bank number two. Yeah. I think we've already would have a building half erected. Right. we gone with bank
0: too. Well, and and you know, so I'm I'm in, you know, so much of this sounds so similar, and I mean, I that that really has to say something because we're in completely different parts of the country, mm-hmm. and for that to happen to both of us, I mean, just out of nowhere, mm-hmm. that means it's happening to a lot of other people too. I think so too. We're, we're not we're not unique in that way, and so, you know, I've got a friend who who used to work at this bank, um, and long story short, I reached out to him and I said, hey Garrett, tell me what to do here. Right. We had planned on using him, but because they held first on the property and the property had so much value, if I bought the property from my dad, there's tax implications. And my dad yeah. would just rather not do like, yeah. you know, I'll gift it. I'll do something else. <laughs> but I don't want to give Uncle Sam anything. Um, and so long story short, you know, Garrett's like Lucas. He's like, man you're in the middle of this. I'm really concerned. Mm-hmm. And, and I said, why are you concerned? He said, man, he said, they've not disclosed any fees to you. They've not disclosed anything except for the payment and how much money you're getting. They've not disclosed what type of loan it is. They've not disclosed what type of draw it is. And that's what I'm starting to think like, hold up. You know, the the questions that my loan officer should have been saying, hey, here's some things you need to think about. Here's what this is going to look like. Here's, you know, and, and like a, if, if I refinance with them, There is no prepayment penalty. Mm -hmm. If I don't refinance with them, if I want to move the loan somewhere else and I pay it off early, it is a $25,000 flat rate fine from day one, Mm -hmm. unless I until the very end of the term, Mm -hmm. right? $25,000 all the way to the end of the term if I want to pay it off before.
2: I think we have three years. But similar, right? Those are five years, right. But, but those are the kind of questions. and how would you know 70. to ask those questions? Yeah, you know. right? Is that kind of what our bottom line is is unless you talk to somebody who' has gone through what we've gone through right, then now we can say, well, here's a, the questions you need to ask, but we, who who would we have asked those questions to? Right Well that's what
1: he's saying like that that was the banker's responsibility to, to guide you right like to educate you like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna hold your hand through this process because you've never done this. I do these constantly. Yeah, that's the frustrating part. And, you know, like, I'm I'm thinking back, how did I choose my bank? Well, they were conveniently located, and and that's it. it. Nothing else. Like, I didn't, you know, everybody has a business checking and personal checking accounts, and they have ATM access and debit cards and stuff like that. But I don't think I ever went in there and said, do you deal with automotive repair shops? Do you know what type of business it is? Do you see these type of transactions? What kind of products do you have in case... You know, thinking long term, in three to five years, I'm going to want to build a building. Well, you know, three to five years before that is when you want to start the relationship with the banker, right? So when you're choosing a bank for just something as simple as a checking account, having a three to five year history where they know your business, they, they see the transactions coming through, they know you're making money, mm-hmm. you know, you have a good reserves with them, and they do the type of loans you're going to need down the road. And how often is that discussed? Well, the answer is never. I don't exactly. think I've ever seen anybody on ASOG ask how do I best choose a bank. Right? No,
0: of course not. And and I, I, <laughs> I think that there's a. I think it speaks to to the need for professionalism, right? In all trades, right? Ours, theirs.
1: Yeah, we're not going to force that. Like, there's nothing no, you can do not. about that. And they're they're going through like my my local bank. I love the way they do business. If they change, I'm, I'm just—I don't know what I'll—I'll I'll freak out. <laughs> just the way they process transactions. My wife was telling me that they're—they're going to be pushing an initiative through because apparently our banking system is like very integrated. The way they process payments, and he's like, and she—she she goes, um, we we are going to be able to instantly process payments. I mean, instant. The banks." The once you pay for something, the money's out of your account instantly. The money goes into their account instant. As soon as you swipe, as soon as you, whatever. I'm like instant. <laughs> She's like, like weekends, two in the morning. She's like, yeah, two in the morning. And my my first bank, I have some reserves with them, uh, and, but otherwise I don't use them. And one of the reasons I don't use them is, you know, whenever the transaction comes through is when the money comes out of the account. And I don't want to use that as my OPEX account. I need some consistency. I want to see those pending transactions. I want to know, like, because you, you, I try not to tie anything with EFT. I try to process everything through credit card. But I do have some transactions that go through EFT. But there's not a lot of money in that OPEX account. It, you know, it's cycling through. It's just the way I do my banking. It's weird. But I don't have a lot of money in my bank OPEX account. So if all of a sudden a large transaction comes through and I'm not watching for it, and, and that first bank will not let you go in the negative ever, without hitting you with fees. Mm-hmm. Where the second bank, they'll give you till the end of the day till six p.m. Right, uh, and you can uh, I think it's actually eight p.m. Central Time to move the money in. Well, that okay, fine, no problem. And all I've got it. It doesn't matter how much money you have in these other accounts. You may have tens of thousands of dollars in yeah. in these other accounts. But if this one account goes negative, boop fee. Okay, well I can't do business like that. I'm, right. I'm, so I moved all of my stuff to the second bank, and, and she's telling me, yeah, we're gonna move. So I don't know. I went off on a tangent.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, you're getting into treasury too, so that's another thing. It's like, what does a treasury look like? That was one of the conversations that we had with the first bank that had approved us that we were supposed to get going forward with, and we right. had, I had like almost an hour long meeting with their treasury you know, area. And she's like, here's what you do. Here's what you don't do. What are your needs? How you currently work and operate? How are you paying your bills? How many checks are you writing? All of those things. And yeah. So I think that those are more of those questions. Maybe that's yep. just what we're getting to is, you know, how, what's your treasury management look like?
0: Uh, well, so you're right, David. And you say that's their job, but you can't force them.
1: Right, so if we can't
0: force it, what do we do?
1: Well, I think oh, well, that's what we were talking about. So we went off on a tangent, <laughs> but uh, every everybody left. Like I, I go to my local bank, and all of a sudden, number two, the no, no, that was, this is was the original <laughs> story. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's gone, everybody, yeah, all of the tellers, all the managers, everybody, mm-hmm. completely new staff. All of a sudden, I used to just roll up, and you know, I do a lot of withdrawals, cash withdrawals. And I would pull up and, and you know I would just write The little slip Throw it in there They knew my van They knew my face I never got out of the car And they would just You know 2000 3000 4000 I don't write checks Ever So if I Can't pay my credit card Like my rent I pay by cash That's just the way I did And so I would roll up there And you know I need $3,500 All of a sudden They're like Oh you, you can't do that In the drive-thru You need to come in I do? Yeah just overnight. Just got get I don't want to get out of the van. I, <laughs> I come in and I look around. And everybody's gone. Like well, you got to be flipping kidding me.
0: Well, I mean, look. So, so we can't, we can't control that. We can't control that, that they aren't willing to educate us. So, if we're gonna, let's say we're gonna go and and we're gonna finance a shop. I think the first thing is, is you know, Rick always fussed at me when I first started as as a client of his. He always said my biggest challenge with you is getting you to slow the f down. Slow down. Stop making decisions right now. Take a deep breath, and let's slow down. <laughs> and and so I'm I am, I am bullheaded, right? Like when I'm on a, a mission to do something, by God, I'm gonna get it done. And I'll you should watch
1: him walk. <laughs> it's, a it's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. We're going here.
0: hundred miles an hour. I stop, and here he comes. <laughs> like what's wrong? He's like I'm out of breath. It's I didn't realize you were that up. much shorter. I'm sorry. Um, so look at this last time, I'm much shorter. My legs are just flying, trying to keep <laughs> up. You're just taking strides. Um, <laughs> but but long story short, so. I am really bad to to try and take something. I'm going to force this. I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to go with this. We're going to get it done. Mm-hmm. And I think that taking a few minutes to slow down and educate yourself, mm-hmm. because you can't trust them to educate you. You need maybe an advocate, maybe find somebody that does just that, mm-hmm. that will help you with it, will answer some questions, will give you some direction, a friend, a colleague, something. Mm-hmm. Right. And And I think it really comes down to. Being a technician, being a service writer is not the same job as being a business owner. When you become a business owner, your role is to protect the business from these situations. And that's what I learned is that I have to know how to to navigate these things. In the same respect, I think it's terribly sad that they're so unprofessional that they can't do their jobs. I mean, uh, that is what they're paid to do. That's what I'm
1: paying them for. You see that in a lot of things, though. Like, how, how often, what is more common is somebody getting on ASOG and talking about how, you know, part of their shop burnt down. And then they call the insurance company and they're like, well, yeah. you didn't have any coverage for this, 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 this. Yeah. Then they call their agent. They're like, what happened? Well, like, you didn't even ask for that. I didn't know I needed it. I thought I assumed, you know, and like, that, that was the insurance agent's fault. For not guiding and teaching and saying this is the way we need to do things, and you need to have coverage for this, and let me do a walk around of your shop and show me what you want to have covered, and what what happens when this catches on fire, or you know somebody runs into the corner of the building or whatever. Like,
0: yeah, I mean, I, I I've told the story that when when my insurance agent came and looked at the building, he said, "So you got about seventy five thousand dollars worth of tools?" and I'm like, "Huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, not quite." And he's like you have got more than $75,000 worth of tools that are not attached. And I'm like, dude, I've probably got like 560 600,000 maybe more just in my tools.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Not counting their stuff. What like if buying? I had to replace every
1: 100,000 I guess brand new. Yeah, yeah. I
0: mean that's what I'm saying like between toolboxes, between scan tools, yeah. between alignment machine, between yeah. Yeah. right the things that aren't bolted down like they add up quick. No. so next thing you know man you've got a fortune and stuff and they don't recognize that yeah so i mean as an owner you have responsibility to know certain things and they have responsibility and, and maybe we need to learn to ask better questions would you do it again
2: build um
0: ask you when you're done
2: yeah right no i think that's going to be even more difficult like i, I don't think this isn't going to get any easier right yeah it's going to be hard yeah um but if it was easy, everybody would do it. That's true. And we just got to a point where, you know, I just felt like we were breaking even more regularly and not profiting. And I thought, I could go work somewhere else and make a lot more money and have a lot less headaches. Yeah. So, either we're going to go big or we're going to be done. Yeah. And so, we, we're we going to go big, see how it goes. He's a little bit older than I am, not a ton, but he's starting to think a little bit more, like, towards the ending of things where I'm like ah oh, we got plenty of time so he's 35 oh, right.
0: you're 25 right I mean <laughs> Daniel you can't retire that early brother I don't
2: have any quarters in my pocket <laughs>
3: <laughs> I am 25 this is what the towing industry does yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, is it
0: Richard Campbell uh, Richard Campbell in, in ASOC every time somebody says something about towing I'll post a question I'll just or I'll just tag Richard and say hey Richard how do you make a million dollars towing cars and he said so you start <laughs> that's exactly
1: right <laughs> Uh, you're probably going to need more than two million at this yeah. point. <laughs> um, so your plan isn't to work till you're 94 like your dad.
3: If my body would let me, but it won't. I can't even walk around Apex without my knees hurting today. So. He didn't take
2: his medicine this morning. His uh, pain. Yeah, but that's relievers. not like
1: you know. You don't have to tow cars till you're 94.
3: I know, but my I dad like- did till he was almost 90. Wow, wow, that's
1: crazy. Climbing that's in nuts. and out of
3: big trucks, not, you know, wow. one-tons. Right. Two-ton trucks. Ton trucks. Okay. Yep. So
1: so he was a freak of nature. Uh, most people He can't probably ate, like,
3: that. cigarette and bacon sandwiches as a kid, you know? <laughs> those, those Depression-era guys. <laughs> and eggs. Those, they were <laughs> tough, yeah. man. Yeah.
0: They, they were, were tough.
1: different. Yeah, they were a different yeah. breed.
0: They really were. They we d- talk about that in the shop all the time, especially the guys that were in World War II, the guys who, who really went through something yeah. different. Mm-hmm. They, they had a different life. They had a different appreciation of of what it was that we have right now because they had seen something far worse than what we had ever seen.
1: We that turned is, into the humans from Wally.
0: Yes.
3: seriously. Really That's what we yep. turned into.
2: It is yeah. so true. Yeah. Yeah. I say that all the time.
3: Yeah. yeah, my dad my grandpa lost his farm right during the right. start of the depression. My my dad they he said he lived in the house that in the wintertime there would be snow on his blanket when he'd wake up in the morning. Right. So yeah. that's, that's the kind of house he had to grow up in as a kid. And then he, they just worked. Yeah. And he told me when I was young, you know, you, wherever you can make money, do it. Yeah. If some, you know, rake someone's lawn, you know, this we're yeah. in the automotive industry until we kind of diversified. When I grew up, we fixed walk behind lawnmowers all the way to semi-tractors. Right. Like we did everything. Yeah. You know, and now we've kind of specialized just because you kind of got to do that nowadays. You can't, yeah. you can't yeah. be everything to everybody. But. Yeah.
2: I think right. we've gotten smarter, too. We watched our parents do all that, and our kids did, too. They don't want to do that anymore. That's why yeah. it's so hard to find help, right? Yeah. Nobody's working part-time jobs on top of their full-time jobs. Exactly.
1: Exactly. And Nobody and, really.
0: Uh, and, and, you know, what's interesting is, is talking about the depression era, right? I, I always laugh at my parents. And I always laughed at my grandparents because my grandmother would save all the country crock containers. And I'm like, why do you do that? And she's like, until you realize what it's like not to I have. Oh, well, yeah. But I still do that. Like, well, I, oh, yeah. Well, they're, I mean, they're, they're good leftover containers. I know, but
2: think not about it. Crop, we were
0: taught that from generation to generation to generation. Tweet. You know what I'm saying?
1: Like, Right. Yeah. Dan's mom still from.
2: cuts open her uh, toothpaste and she'll smear yeah. out whatever was left.
1: Yeah. Okay. I don't do that. No joke. But baking grease, I say that. So the ba- yeah, the bacon grease because you can cook pancakes with bacon grease and and collard greens and uh, ghost peppers. <laughs> did I tell that on the po- on the podcast yeah. already? No, I didn't. Yeah, you did. I did a dinner. Oh, did you? I love collard greens, so I made in like this massive pot of collard greens right before we left. I was like, I was gonna do fried chicken, collard greens, and uh, coleslaw, and so I buy the collard greens. And I get three ham hocks and uh, I had pork belly, I sliced up the pork belly or chopped it up, threw it in there, browned it on the bottom, then deglazed the, the pan and threw the onions and the garlic and then the collard greens. I'm like, Man, this is gonna be so good. And I, I have a ghost pepper plant in my backyard. And I get three little ghost peppers, three. I mean this this pot's this pot's this pot's this tall, okay? It's it's massive. Stock pot. Yeah, yes, that's what it is. It's a stockpot, and um, I'm like three little ghost peppers. It's fine. I'd already had them in something else, and it didn't make it that hot. I'm like, and I had given some to my tech, who who just picked them up, picked them up, and was like, it's like these aren't that hot. I'm like, okay, well, whatever. So I sliced three three little ghost peppers up. They're only like this big, and I threw them in the stockpot because you want a little bit of a kick. And I let them cook six hours later. I tried the. And you
0: forgot the part about forgetting to wash your hands.
1: Oh, I well, I I had washed my hands. That should have been the first indicator. I had I had you know just kind of rinsed your hands off, and I rubbed my eye. And we start getting (laughs) text messages, man. And I'm like, (laughs) I'm like, this is this burns. I'm like, what in the hell? It feels like an intense sunburn, like. All up in your face, it. yeah. I know what
3: you're talking
1: about. No, like it feels like a, a sun, like you're really intense sunburn. You're like, ah, what the crap! And so you start scrubbing your hands, just from washing. Your anyway, so six hours later, I go in and I and I taste the the broth, and oh man, <laughs> it's just flaming hot. I'm like, ah, I, I can't feed. Like my, my entire family's wimps. Like they can't. I thought it was okay. I'm like, it's hot, but it's good i can't feed it to my kids i can't feed it to my wife my father nobody's gonna eat this and i have this pot it's i'm sitting at home it's this entire pot full of collard greens completely inedible for everybody but myself (laughs) because of three stupid ghost peppers (sighs) Uh, never trust a ghost pepper never take a taste of it first before you throw it in something uh, Ruin the entire pot. pot. Yeah, never touch your eyes. Never I, touch I have anything. read that. Like, you get on YouTube and they're like, they're like, well, you got to wear gloves. And, you know, they're making a big show of it. And so I had, I had stopped wearing gloves or anything like that. I was just grabbing them off the plant, just pick, pick, pick into the pot or into the little bowl there and stick them in the fridge until you need them. Uh, and, you know, I hadn't experienced any of it. I have no idea. I got one or two that were releasing a massive amount of oil or something.
2: I've heard it's equally as important if you're a man to not go to the
0: bathroom. do that.
1: Yeah, yeah but, you yeah. know, that's true. Like, if you get enough of it on your hands, like, my hands are super callous. So, I just didn't feel it on my hands. I mean, but me, if I had rubbed look, the problem anything is, is else, my head, my back, any of yes, would wash have
0: before they go to the bathroom. Mechanics wash their, or after they go to yeah, the bathroom. Yeah, mechanics wash
1: before, yeah.
0: Well, so, I I think I've got one closing thought on this. Yeah. You'll hear us talk
1: on the show a lot. We've we been going that long.
0: No, we were sitting here talking bad about you for a while.
1: Well, you started streaming with two minutes in.
0: Um, I, <laughs> I am a big fan of it just Warren, moves on. Just,
1: <laughs> we do this. Are a you lot.
2: talking? Yeah. No. Yeah.
0: No, we just keep. If not, <laughs> if not, we have multi-hour conversations about roaches, square cup holders. Automatic climate control. Funniest episode we've ever done. I did cry when I was watching it again. <laughs> Don't
1: you, you just have to. We're no, right. rehash all the stupid cup holders.
3: <laughs> um, <laughs>
0: long story short, though, I'm a big fan of Warren Buffett. One of the things that he, he's done lots of educational videos on investing. Man is brilliant. Right. I don't care. I, I know people have political beliefs about him, this, that and the other. I don't care about any of that. But when it comes down to, to investing, a man's brilliant. Nobody can argue that. Lots of money. Right. right. Very smart with money. And he, he tells a lot of stories. And, and the first one he ever told was, is that he always learned never to spend more than 10 percent of what he made. And he said, you know, when you're when you're in young and you got 10 bucks and you're taking Coke bottles for a nickel and return them. 10 bucks is, is a lot of money, and $0.10 cents is not a lot of money. And then he said, but when you own half a Coca-Cola, $100 billion, 10% of that's a lot of money, right? That's a lot of money to have in your pocket. And, and so I've always listened to some of the things he talked about, some of the things he said, and he said the most important thing he had ever realized as a businessman was to make his own decision. And the, the person he's talking to said, what are you talking about? What do you mean? He said, never let anybody else make your decision. Never let anybody else pressure you to make a decision. Never let anybody else rush you to make a decision because that's when you'll make a mistake. You have to make your own decision and you have to analyze the decision before you make it. And the best way to do that is take some time to make the decision. If anybody ever pressures you to make a decision when it comes to money, you shouldn't make that decision right now. You should slow down and think about it. There's a reason they want you to slow down and think about it. They don't no, want you They don't you to want you Yeah. Right. And so I look back at that when he said that and I'm thinking, Man, if I had slowed down a little bit and like talked to some other people and really just taken a step back for a little bit, mm-hmm. I would have saved myself ten thousand. Hold bucks.
1: on, no, we can't close on this thing. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Brandon Dills, I'm gonna call him out. So he uh he's asking you, did you tell him he was looking at a building. Do you guys are familiar with Brandon Dills? Yeah. Jarhead diagnostics.
2: Oh yeah, I heard of that.
1: Okay. Um he he decided for some godforsaken reason to get into automotive repair. That's How as I tried so hard to discourage him, but Lucas over here, who he actually listens to, is like,
0: "Oh yeah, you'll be fine." I did not. Did do that. you tell?
1: <laughs> I did not do
0: that. I did not. I I gave him very very specific instructions.
1: Did you tell him to get that sucker inspect that building way I think we'd before? All did but, you? But I've see, forgotten he's, to he's tell He's
0: very. Him. He's very much like me. He got excited. Yeah. Right. And and we had this conversation. We had a two and a half, three hour conversation the other night, and I said, Brandon, of all the times that I've ever made a mistake, it's been. It, I, I was excited. I saw excited all these great and, things yeah. that could happen, hey. and I ran into it. And and you so, see the
1: end vision. Yeah. That's all that plays in your head. Yeah. You're like, and this would be awesome. So I, I looked at a building before
0: we decided to build a building, right? I looked at a couple, and and my wife nixed one of them because one of them was, was separated out. It was multiple buildings, and that's what we were trying to avoid. We don't want multiple buildings because so we have bays on different levels, all this now. We don't want to do that. And so um, we looked at another building that was a big building, and Rick and everybody else is like, don't do it. Don't do it. This is not right. This is not the right fit. It's out of town. It's The situation feels weird. Remember, yeah. you even told me not to do it. And
1: I almost never told you not to do it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, long story short, you know we go through this process and we're talking to them and and my wife Alex and Rick both are like nope no we're we're making an executive decision you can't override us we're not doing this right mm. and when she makes an executive decision I'm sure you know what that's all about oh um, when your wife makes an executive decision <laughs> She's like yeah there's an executive decision and that means yes ma'am <laughs>
2: right he's still learning that
0: <laughs> no I, I have. I'm sure learned, you have. <laughs> I've learned that. Um, I just nod and smile. Yes, ma'am.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, so, you know, they nixed it and they said, we're not going to do that. And and so I had not told these people yet that I wanted to nix it. And they said, hey, we've got all the contracts signed, everything else. We just need you to do one thing first. And I said, what? They said, we need you to talk to the person who owns the property next door because the septic system is actually on their property and there's nowhere to put a septic system for this. So you need to talk to first oh and i'm thinking man if i had not slowed down i would have gone into that excited oh i can make this work all of a sudden
1: you don't have a something system (laughs)
0: right and i mean the building's useless at that point you know and i'm sure you've worked some out but it costs way more than what you thought it was going to they were probably holding that in their pocket oh yeah you know and so those things start to come out you don't get the building inspection you just want the building you're excited let's go let's go let's go and you, you circumvent every process that protects you. It's just like an evaluation on a car when it comes in the shop, right? The, oh, we got to go. We got to go. We got to get this work out. The client's in a hurry. Man, they're waiting. It's an oil change. And we don't do the evaluation. Pulls out and the wheel falls off of it. Guess whose fault that is? I didn't take the wheels off of
2: it. Doesn't matter. Right. That's me now. It's in your shop. Hey. Yeah.
0: You know, I- so... I-
2: I, I think you're right. Gotta slow down. I think we have to ask questions, but I think we have to ask the right questions too. Yeah. Like for us when we were going to build our building, we had a structural engineer come in and we said, "Hey, yeah. how how's this building looking for the future?" Yeah. He's like, "It's great. I think you got a good another, you know, 50, 70 years maybe even." Right. What we didn't ask is can we build another building next to it? Yeah. And can it still be structurally okay?
1: Yeah.
2: So we spent a lot of time putting thought and effort and energy in that old building when we just didn't ask the rest of the question. Yep. And I think that takes a lot of extra, but if you're going to be investing, then you, you yep. have to ju- not just ask questions, but ask the right questions.
0: Absolutely. And, and you know, I brought up the 10% thing with Warren Buffett, a, a 10% mistake <sighs> is, is a lot of money and it can be a big deal. Yeah. And it, it, even if it just costs you 10% of what you got, man, that's rough. But but you know when you grow and you get better and you're asking better questions and and those little mistakes get smaller and smaller. Man, it's a whole lot easier to stomach. Yeah, I'd much rather lose a thousand bucks than ten thousand bucks. I'd much rather lose that building that I would love to have as I would lo- lose that building that that you know wasn't the right one.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So so All
2: what's right. your
1: official title? Woman shop owner of the year or. Female Shop Owner of the Year. What's the official?
2: Female Shop Owner of the
1: Year. Female Shop Owner of the Year. There you go. says it doesn't want to stream to
0: Facebook. It lost the Facebook stream.
1: Can't believe you did that, David. You know, hey, I have a buddy who uh, who started, he was streaming on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube all at once. I need to ask him. Because I don't think he's using StreamYard. In fact, I did. I sent him a message. He hasn't responded. Yeah, I wouldn't respond to you either. <laughs> guys, thank you so much. Thanks for sitting here. I know you last. guys were busy. and
2: Thank you for having <laughs> us. Yeah. yeah, absolutely.
1: Well,
0: she's Woman Shop Owner of the Year. She's got
1: to Female. Her. We just went over this. Female Shop Owner of the Year. I'm sorry.
2: For women in auto care, though. You're
1: close. close. No. Did you hear through the it's whole process right. she had to go through in order to get this?
0: <laughs> I Listen, we've been at this for Five days now. Four days.
1: My mind is like... I have a tech who uh, who is recovering from COVID. He got COVID. He, he got the, the kitchen sink. You can look that up on the internet. And <laughs> he was fine. Comes back to work. First three days, he was like a little loopy. But the last two days, he was like... And I figured he was fine. I leave... And I start getting messages. He's like, I mean, I'm just something not right. He goes, I think I got it again. You didn't get it again. You didn't get it again. I'm like, do you have a fever? No. And it's like, you didn't get it again. He's like, yeah, but I just can't, I can't think. So yeah, I mean, he had to go back on the kitchen sink to, uh, to get his mind right. And so he's like, he is out of it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. There's a brain fog. Yeah. People get my mom did. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Have you guys had it? I had it yeah.
2: after I was vaccinated. Oh, snap. Yeah.
1: What vaccine
0: did you get?
2: Johnson & Johnson. But there's, I talk to people who have all different ones and are also getting it. So don't I talk. say I, I went to Nashville and looked the polls. Uh, I didn't really, <laughs> but <laughs> we, I did go to Nashville. We, I think that's where I got it.
0: We typically don't talk to David about COVID because it turns into three and a half hour long podcast that
1: become very controversial <laughs> i'm holding back
0: if you need any COVID information <laughs> check out tom jode on facebook
1: <laughs> <laughs> lots of great information available out there lots of great information yeah
2: it wasn't bad though but right. i still can't taste all the way or smell <laughs> which sometimes is okay and sometimes it's not. you
1: know
0: greg buckley
2: i do i know who he is yes. okay
0: so greg wasn't it he said I don't think
1: he was vaccinated though, was no, it? No, he? Cuz he got it like early on.
0: He said he had like this disorder where things didn't taste like
1: they used to taste yeah. now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so he said that like it's bad, like coffee tastes burnt and like that that's sort of what they like my my wife when I had it I didn't lose my my uh sense of taste. Like I could still taste things but everything was like overly intense. That's So it I was like super salty or super sweet. My wife everything was super muted for her i lost my sense of smell i just couldn't smell things but you know that it's not sort of it's not the way people say it is because i don't know how many people are like oh i've had it twice like no you haven't and they're like well i lost my sense of smell like, yeah but it's not it, it's not even that you lose your sense of smell it's like things it's off everything's off right it's not your normal experience did he get his taste back Greg Buckley? Somewhat.
0: It never, like, they, they had him do these things where he had to smell, like, really nasty things and mm-hmm. really pungent things.
1: So, he had almost, like, retrain. Yes.
0: Yeah, it said it was, like. Your re-
2: olfactory senses, yes. Yeah. was mm-hmm. great. Olfactory training. I tried. It didn't work? No. I don't think so. Somebody said a burnt orange. I haven't tried it yet. Burnt
1: orange. That's what they say. But he hired somebody. Like, he, he had professional help. Yeah. To yeah, get well,
0: it. He, he said steaks tasted bad. I would hire professional
1: help too. I mean, I couldn't do that. I yeah, would. but you think you are like it. I'm adventurous with food, so I'd just go find something else I'd enjoy no, so eating. That's not
0: me. Bourbon and steak, that's what I do. If bourbon tastes bad and steak tastes bad, man, yeah. I'm having a bad life.
2: It's a weird sensation though because it's like you just don't have you don't you can't taste, but there's flavor. So like you get the right. sensation of salt or sour or sweet. So you still right. have that. It's it's really hard it's
1: to describe. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's my point. Like people that have had it speak like you do. People that haven't had it are like, I just couldn't taste things. I couldn't smell things. You like, don't know what you're talking about. You didn't have it. Everybody thinks they've had it twice. However, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I knew it was coming.
1: No, no, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll stay restrained. I'm good. I'm good. I'll be good. I'll be good. Guys, thank you so much.
2: Thank you for having Honor us. To yeah. Have you here? Yes.
1: Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the ASOG podcast. If you'd like to catch these episodes early, you can do so by becoming a patron. Just go to asog.site and click on the Become a Patron Now button. Becoming a patron helps support the show, gets you several perks, and is tax deductible. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and on YouTube so you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes. And as always, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, shoot me an email. My email address is david at asog.site. That's D-A-V-I-D at A-S-O-G dot S-I-T-E. Until next time.